listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, there's no worries about our special guest today being typecast in the acting world. I mean, my gosh, she's, she's played a calculating teenage prostitute on Days of Our Lives, a tough Irish detective on NYPD Blue, and now an uptight mom who kind of likes a little vodka on hit show Glee. But when it comes to animals, she always plays one role masterfully. She's a dedicated advocate. And I want everyone to give pause and applause to two-time Emmy-nominated actress, Charlotte Ross. Hey, Charlotte, big pause up. Hi. Oh, I love that intro. You're so sweet. Thank you. Gosh. You're welcome. You're very well-deserving because you've got amazing acting range. But I have to give you a major pause up for what you do for shelter and rescue groups, big and small, all over the planet. And I want all the listeners to really stay tuned to hear what Charlotte's latest pet projects are. You're going to have to confess what you're doing in a 3D movie, if you want to, that's coming up. It's Ray Lopiato. And uh, we're going to cover a lot more after we pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So, hey, everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest is actress Charlotte Ross. You are everywhere these days, seriously. Your TV. Really? Pet causes. I mean, not bad for a gal from Winnetka, Illinois. <laughs> so I where mean, are you I, from? You're from near Winnetka or where? Crown Point, Indiana, home of Dillinger. Awesome. He escaped from our inescapable jail taking a bar of soap, 
shoe polish, making it black, carving it into a shape of a gun, and confusing our Sheriff Holly years ago. So that's what Crown Point is known for. What's Winneka known for? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They've always said that common big noise from Winneka. It, you know, it was a wonderful, idyllic place to be raised. And, you know, it, a lot of characters that are kind of like the character that I play in Glee. <laughs> uh, and I say that with lovingly, res- you know, respect. But it, there's a lot of wonderful people. It was a great place to be raised. So I'm, I was really, I really enjoyed my time there. Now, were you a cheerleader, a super nerd? What were you in high school? I was a pom-pom girl, yes, Uh, but I I was very driven, though. I I knew I wanted to be an actress since I was two, and it was kind of a blessing and a curse because people kind of looked looked down on you kind of like, are you really going to do that for a living? And it's understandable because it's a very hard living to try to make it in in a career like that. And California seemed very daunting at the time coming from Winneka, Illinois, and although my parents appreciated the arts, it was... It was very foreign to them. So my dad went to Princeton, Harvard, and I was kind of expected to go down that route, as most of my family did. But I had an agent when I was like 13, did my first movie <laughs> when I was 14. <laughs> I yeah. was doing, making a living on commercials and things like that. And I tested for like six series before I moved out to California after I graduated high school. It was between me and Christina Applegate for Married Children when they said oh, really? a new network oh. coming called Fox. And I remember I was like we don't need a new network <laughs> like I knew anything. So that's how long <laughs> I, I've been doing it. Yeah. And then I got in Days of Our Lives like a few months after I graduated from New Trier High School. And then I've been very blessed to just continue working for so many years. I think that in and of itself is something to be, you know, successful about because it's just, just working much less continually different shows. I'm just thankful that I'm still around. Oh. Well, I'm glad you're not Grandma Charlotte Ross. You're still, you know, a lot of guys. Turn you know, their head let me correct you. I am Grandma oh, because oh, my daughter me. on Glee had a baby, so I'm oh, that's, Grandma. That's right, Quinn, right? <laughs> I Quinn, love that. exactly. She had a baby in the season finale, and so I joke that yeah, well, no, I'm a grandma. I'm also doing some other roles recently that aren't very grandma-like, but yes. Well, we're, yeah, let's get it, but let's go back to you for a second, because the, my favorite clip of you, I swear, they must have, like, taped your eyebrows arched up. You're at the tape with your husband, and oh uh, Finn is singing, Heaven, my baby, which I will never right. be again, I'm for singing, with Quinn, your daughter, and you two are looking across going, so um, what did you think of that? Mo- that was really great acting on your part. You are so funny. I love your little ruh-roh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that you point that out because honestly, I think some of the best moments on camera or, or really in life are some things that are unsaid and it's just with the eyes. And that's true with drama or comedy. And, you know, the character I play, Judy Fabray, is just such a joy to play. She's kind of Ann Coulter times a thousand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, St. John wearing tea party overblown kind of extremist really but she it's kind of her environment and again I know some people like that and I think that it's kind of a closed-minded way to view the world and Ryan Murphy is such a visionary who writes and creates the show that he's able to find that comedy in the darkness you know which I find so interesting so I was just really excited to be a part of the show and then the show blew up and nowadays to have a show be so successful in such a short amount of time is so rare and it's really a testament to the cast and to Ryan Murphy and of course now every superstar is literally campaigning to be on the show. It's amazing. 
you do your role nicely. It isn't like you're trying to overdo, like, look at me, look at me, because there are a zillion people in the Glee cast, wouldn't you say? And it's just, yes. you capture that. <laughs> it's a cast of it's, zillions. I mean, seriously. It really um, is. I saw uh, Jocelyn Jessling recently. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing her name incorrectly. She actually replaced me for a short while on NYPD Blue. It's so funny. But I said, how are you doing? How's the show? And she's like, I mean, she's a full-out regular on the show. She's Matthew Morrison's, I think, wife on the show. She's like, you know, I'm really not on that much. You know, it's a big cast. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a big cast for even the regulars. And then they have people like Madonna and Elton John that are calling that want to be on. So it's, I think a lot of people really just want to be a part of the show. So I'm definitely not on every week, but I, I do love my character. And when Quinn wants to come home, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, your hubby, man. Boy, he sure just turned on both of you quickly. The role, yeah, you know, not the kind actor. of gives gives an idea of what it's like to be kind of the insufferable, quiet wife that has her husband lead the way, kind of thing, and how stifling it is. So I was really happy to get the script when I left him. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> woohoo! That was power, power to the brass. Yeah. Happy <laughs> now, about in that. Real, in real life, though, you're happily married. You have a little boy and a couple of dogs. Let's talk about them. Well, I'm not married. Oh, pardon me. Well, we'll edit that That's out. Okay. In, in I'm very life, good friends. Okay. In real life, I'm very good friends with my ex-husband. We're very good okay. friends. <laughs> it's okay. That's what happens. I, yeah, you know, turn around and they're friends. You know okay. what? It wasn't a long marriage, so you're not off. Okay. <laughs> no, we were married for about three and a half years. My son is six and a half, and we we co-parent. And my son is a big animal lover, which I love. This is Max, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that name. I love that name. So when you say he's oh, a big you. animal lover, give us a little bit of uh, an example of that. Well, sometimes children rarely make a choice to be vegetarian on their own. And my son was playing with a chicken at the nursery school and came home and uh, didn't want to eat chicken. And he kind of couldn't correlate why he would play with one and then have it on his table. And, and he looked at me and said, I'm a vegetarian. And he says it to his friend. By the way, it's a big thing to choose to do on your own when you're a child. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids might make fun of you when they're having their hot dogs and hamburgers. He puffs out his chest. I'm a vegetarian. It's very, <laughs> very cute. And I'm a vegetarian myself most of the time, but it wasn't something I imposed on him. He kind of chose mm-hmm. to do that. That's number one. Number two, we just did a fundraiser at his school for a charity that I'm a spokesperson for called Operations Blankets of Love that seems very simplistic but does such extraordinary work in saving animals lives and it's very easy to do because it can get kind of daunting you know when you know how many animals are put down in these local city and county shelters it's it's kind of overwhelming but there's something small you can do that can make a big difference so at his school was so cute we did a blanket and towel and toy drive like used blankets and used towels and such and it's a good way for kids to learn to give back number one but number two we brought in a shelter dog for them to see and I think most people innately love animals. It's just educating them. And what, what happens is these shelters sometimes, as you know, most likely is that they have a three-day or seven-day turnaround before they're euthanized. And a lot of these dogs are very healthy and adoptable dogs, and they don't have money or funding to publicize. So not as many people as they need or should come through there. So sometimes having one or two people pass by a dog in a crowded cell is is their only shot of being rescued, i.e. saved. And if they're cold and skittish and scared and cowering, they might not seem like the dog you want to bring home to your family. Whereas if they have a blanket and they're comfortable and they're happy and relaxed or even a little toy, you can maybe see the joy that they have to offer and how cute they are and how much love they have to give. And they actually have a chance of being adopted and therein lies 
some real saving of lives. So it's a really wonderful organization that is spreading throughout the United States right now. And Max was all excited to be involved, and all the kids were excited to be involved. And we showed them a video of what happened with the dog's demeanor when it changed once we put in something in the crate. And that was true with the cats as well, because almost yeah, we can't mess up. Yeah. Put down. Don't well, forget it is. <laughs> the higher percentage of cats is even more tragic because of the, the lack of spaying and neutering, as I'm sure you know. But it's like 50% of adoptable cats are put down. The, the ratio is extraordinary. So anyway, it's a great organization that people, if they're really busy and don't have time and feel overwhelmed, they, everybody has old towels and blankets and that kind of thing. And it can really make a big difference. So Now, how do people learn more about Operation Blanket of Love? I know the co-founders are a husband and wife, Eileen and Brad. Yes. Most, Very good, awesome. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You just go to operationsblanketsoflove.org and okay. it's all right there. And it's, again, something that anybody can do in their local cities. And it's really a wonderful, wonderful thing to do that can make a difference, you know. I think this will give new meaning to throw in the towel. You might save a life. <laughs> there you but go. I'm there's so, your hey, that's there's good. Your I like that. You need your own comedy <laughs> show. My gosh. Seriously, you could like do a whole campaign, you know? Throw in the towel, save a life. There you go. I kinda like that. I wonder if they've said that. I don't know. I ha- I just I have these little bubbles in my head and sometimes they come out, but I think that was my Purdue graduation. You know, I was like communication major at an engineering school, so I was a little it was a little weird to be that way. Well, but I'm trying to think how you can coincide throwing the towel to save, save a life. lives. But I'm, I'm sure there's throwing a towel and save a life. Oh, my yeah. gosh. There's our new motto. <laughs> there's really a new good. motto. Please let them I like know. It. I, I will. I and I will throw in the towels that I have at my house. I have two dogs and two cats. I call them my furry oh. fab four. And uh, one of them's a surfer. I would say a cat, but it's the dog. And they go with me when I give talks all over the country and help people understand that they're all from the streets and and wow let's talk about your two dogs they're pretty amazing i mean even tyler has his own uh website he, does he know how to type or <laughs> tyler is mutt of the year I'm, oh, that's program. Right. I'm just kidding okay. i'm just kidding no listen i'm <laughs> I, my boyfriend jokes that tyler thinks you know he's, he's a little stuck up lately he kind of knows that he's kind of important <laughs> we kind of joke no i love that my dogs are doing it because i really do think my dogs are emblematic of why rescue dogs do make the best pets Taco was a dog that was I found on the streets of Puerto Rico. I've done a few movies there. And it's kind of like when you go to Mexico or places of that elk where you see these homeless dogs. They're dying and they're covered in mange. And it's really hard to desensitize yourself as you're vacationing in paradise to what happens. And a lot of people can't go to these places without coming back with dogs. And so I used to feed them on my day off. And I brought home four or five dogs. And I had them with their shots and everything and found them homes and I ended up keeping Taco and I you know I think I got Taco about 15 years ago my gosh yeah yeah he's he's you know what he's 15 and a half years old Taco is going strong I mean he's a little crickety he's got a little <laughs> bit of an old man's uh sensibility but he's a perfect example because he had been fending on the streets to survive and it's very difficult and to acclimate a dog like that into your home take some patience and some love, but the truth is once they realize it's consistent, I'm sure you know this, and they see that the food is there and the love is there, and they become the most forever grateful, most loyal, loving animals you could ever have in your life. And since then, I've gone to Puerto Rico a few times and have rescued a few more dogs. My brother joked that I shouldn't bring home a burrito. Whenever I go there, he's worried I'm going to bring home. That Uh, would be like a dachshund or something? It's got to be like a long-backed dog. I know. Well, now a lot of the dogs there are small. And I just had lunch with Rosalind Sanchez, who's a really wonderful actress, and she's from Puerto Rico, and we're talking about maybe 
doing a documentary or doing something to bring more awareness to Puerto Rican culture about what you can do a little bit more for your for your homeless dogs and such. And then Tyler's from the South Central LA shelter and his name was Tyson. So obviously his previous owner liked boxing. I changed it to Tyler. And uh, I got a large size dog so I feel like they're put down on a higher percentage than the smaller dogs sometimes. Not chihuahuas. But he looks like he's got dog. a little uh, GSP in him, and what else? What's he got? German short hair pointer, maybe? I've heard pointer quite a bit. Yeah, because um, the, the little the little flecks of liver spots, if you will, on the legs. That's usually in the face. Yeah, I love the spots of it. Well, you know, a lot of people think he's kind of a purebred too. Sometimes, so the the truth is, mm-hmm. these shelters, as you know, have some beautiful. It's a cliche that people think that that they don't have beautiful dogs, that they don't have sweet dogs. I mean, they really have the most amazing dogs. And Taco and Tyler's are being put down every day in these shelters. So I just wish that there was no kill shelters and that Tyler is my son's best friend and he wouldn't hurt a fly. He's just the most docile, sweet dog in the world. And I'm glad he's mud of the year because I think he's a good poster <laughs> child for it. Yeah, and so how did he, yeah, let's talk about how did he get mutt of the year? Does he have his own PR campaign or what's He had a on? campaign. He did some really nice photo shoots, some over the shoulder, some in the <laughs> pool. And he campaigned hard, he did a lot of red carpet events, and finally he was crowned. No, he's just, I don't know. We, we lucked out. I think that I did a Spread for Pet Home magazine, and Colleen, who, who runs the, the magazine, has this thing called Mud of the Year. And what happens is kids learn more about mutts. They draw the pictures of the mud of the year. So we get all these drawings of Tyler. It's just a really cute way to bring more awareness of how wonderful mutts can be. <laughs> well, I think there you can learn more. Tyler has his own website on, off of your website. It's okay to, like, charlotteross.com slash something, but... Um, yeah, you I, can just go to charlotteross.com, yes. And then noodle around <laughs> and you'll so find Tyler. when you say that. I feel like Taco's being left out, actually. You know, Taco is secure in his wisdom of life, you know. He's like, let the little one, let the youngster go for it. I don't care. I'm going to cuddle. I'm going to be on a blanket and rest, you know. And, yeah, he's, he's done. He doesn't want to primp anymore. Okay, well, he's done his primping. He's, he's earned <laughs> Um, everybody, we're speaking with Charlotte Ross. She is doing great guns for dogs and pets, cats. I've looked at a whole bunch of things you've been doing. We're also going to talk a little bit about what's going to come up for you with uh, movies with wonderful Nicolas Cage after mm-hmm. we take a short commercial break. So everybody, sit and stay. We're going to be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash. Right after these messages. If you ask the question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take a back shot. I really should mention. I need time. I need love. I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter. Available on iTunes. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, this is Allie Sweeney from Save Our Lives and The Biggest Loser. And you're listening to Arden Moore on The Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore, and I love that. Um, Charlotte, you're a giggler. I like that. <laughs> I'm giggling because you're funny. You're oh, really? Funny. really? Yeah, well, you like sit and hold your paw. I mean, you're, you know, all yeah. your euphemisms are very, very. Funny. I know my friends. They, I don't sit up nights creating them. It actually comes out of my mouth. So you know, you know, people sometimes know French and Spanish and you know Portuguese. I, I guess I know pet. So I just <laughs> well, that's, that's who why I'm laughing. It's cute. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm uh, interested. You have such range as an actress. So I wanted to get back. Let's do a couple of talks about. First of all, I have to ask you about NYPD Blue because you're mm-hmm. back in the news. You were, I remember years ago, you were Detective Andy Sipowitz's girlfriend. I think it was Connie McDowell. And oh, we actually was, got married. We had a shotgun wedding. I think oh, that that's right. That's right. He was so <laughs> sweating. I remember all that. But you bared your buns back in 2003. Now, bring us up. What's happened now at the FCC? So it's so interesting and almost bizarre. It just came down yesterday in the federal courts. What, <laughs> what happened was I had done, if anybody had seen it, a, a scene, yes, where I showed my complete butt, ass, or whatever you want to call it. And, but I wasn't the first. I mean, there was, as you know, a handful of men before me on that show and Kim Delaney uh, before I had done that. But, you know, I guess it was on the more graphic side. I don't love those kind of scenes. It was nerve-wracking, but it was, it was fine. And it's TV standards and practices. So you can't show too much. And okay. I mean, you can show a lot, but there's specifics that you can't. And what it was was Andy Sipowitz's son mistakenly walking in on me, getting out of the shower and the bathroom and catching me. And what happened was it aired in reruns, not in the scheduled late prime time time in the United oh. States in different areas. And so the FCC, years later, I'd already had my son was off the show, sued Disney ABC for $1.4 million, quote, over my ass is what they kept saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they don't. How many people can say ass is worth over four million dollars? I mean, that's not that's a kind no, of- no, no. You're going too high. They just said one point four. Oh, one. Sorry, <laughs> I'll go up to four. No. So okay. anyway, I what happened was it was listen. That's not a lot of money to ABC. It was more of a point that everybody wanted to make, and that what happened was ABC lost, and they had to pay the FCC one point four million. Years have gone by, and everyone's been really upset. The truth is, network television is losing lots of audience members to the Showtimes and the HBOs, number one. Number two, it was really more of a, it was a gray area as to how explicit or not it was, and it was never really defined, because as I said, there were other scenes like it before. And so yesterday, in the New York Federal Appeals Court, they overturned that decision, and so my ass again is in the news. I I mean, my ass is more famous than me, really. (laughs) Well, you also... true. You also have bared your buns for bunnies. I mean, let's talk about the PETA campaign. You know, I don't, I mean, my ass is this recurring theme. Yes, I did a PETA campaign. Right. In my campaign for PETA, I said I'd rather show my buns than wear fur. And I was holding the bunny in front of my breasts, and you can, there again was my ass. And I was very proud, though, to do that that campaign because I really believe in PETA and I thought they were really wonderful. And and my ass is about to come on screen again. Oh, 
Wait a minute. This is the trifecta of butts. Okay, so what, what are you going to be know doing? You, you would never guess that I'm actually quite shy, you know, good mother. <laughs> with all the ass talk that I'm doing, considering the movie that's coming out. So the movie that's coming out, I was shooting in conjunction with Judy Fabray on Glee, which was such a fun dichotomy because, as you know, Judy Fabray is, as I said, Ann Coulter times a thousand. And then I was shooting a movie called Drive Angry opposite Nicolas Cage in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I play this covered in tattoos, very damaged, southern, thick accent, very horny gal <laughs> that comes across Nick Cage, and I'm not 20 anymore, and I did full funnel. And I always said Ooh. I would only do that if it was the right kind of role, that kind of cliche thing a lot of actors sometimes say, at least I did. And when the right role comes along, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And if I've passed on a lot, well, I really okay. wanted to do this role, so... That's coming out as uh, Summit Pictures. It's coming out February 11th. And so and my ass will be out there again in 3D. In 3D. I'll yeah. have to buy the, I guess I'm going to have to pony up and buy the glasses because, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. But, you know, I'll... Uh, you don't have to. My family say, asked when it's coming out. I told them I don't know. <laughs> but the point is, I don't know. That's quite a range to be uptight by day and horny white trash by night. I know, exactly. And I'm glad you pointed that out because honestly, that's my favorite thing. If I was to, my dream job is really to play very character-y, very different from me, very varied roles. And so those two are a perfect example of what I love doing, kind of the extremes like that. And so I love that. I mean, they're just totally different people and all their beliefs and all their wants and needs. And to play either of those roles, I really had to change my whole mentality and kind of Go for it, in a sense. I guess when you're auditioning or being considered for different roles, isn't that an asset? Now, there's a pun again, asset, about um, <laughs> about being able to be the actress that can kind of move in and out of roles a lot like this? I agree. I mean, to yeah. me, you're right. That's a no-brainer. I think so. But the, the truth is, because I came from soap operas years ago mm-hmm. and because I have blonde hair and whatever you deem my look to be, sometimes people don't see me as a lot of the roles I want to play. So I actually embrace my age and embrace getting older because chasing being younger is a losing battle, number one. (laughs) Number two, if all you are is really how you look, whether you're in this business or not, it's kind of a sad way to go through life. And lastly, the kind of roles that really interest me are not characters that just have to look pretty. They're, They're character roles. So, But a lot of times I have to prove myself in different arenas to get the roles I want to play. Yeah. Sound like it since I'm showing my ass again, but it's no. <laughs> but you're having to be this character. I mean, you've come a long way since Illinois Dream Girl in 1987, right? Well, you're pulling them out of a hat. Yes, I was. Oh, yeah. I was Dream Girl. Yeah, well, I, I used to think that, that would help me get in the business. <laughs> you know what I think would be better is that are you still in Tybo? Are you still a Tybo instructor? Oh yes. Why well, right. I'm a I was, big, I'm a I workout able, freak. Well, my feeling is this: if they didn't give me any crap, you're like, I'll take you on in Tybo for a role. How about that? <laughs> You'd probably win slam dunk. <laughs> so I, I'm just a big believer in working out. I actually really love it. It does more for me emotionally and mentally. And my body is in better physical shape now than it ever was in my 20s or even my early 30s. It's really... Well, that's great. And you're 80 yeah. now? Wow, yeah, I'm just about 82. Yeah, good, good. Well, <laughs> you know so what? Um, I, is that how I'm making it sound? Oh, God. No, no, no. You're fine. You're cool. You're cool. You're, you're always going to be ageless wonder. You're, you're okay. Um, I'll, I'll tell say my age. I have no problem. I'm 42, and, awesome. and I'm proud. <laughs> I like that. 
Well, I mean, look at some of the roles that like uh, Judy Dench and Helen Mirren. I mean, there's some awesome women out there now that are coming back and doing wonderful work. So I am so glad to see that because you've got 40 more years before you're in their stratosphere. You know, have to worry about that. You know I just saw a, a private screening last night of Conviction with oh. Hilary Swank and uh-huh. um, some extraordinary actresses. And it was so nice to see, just because we're on the subject, it was so nice to see all the movement in their face. I know it sounds maybe odd, but in, in L.A. particularly, you get so used to looking around and seeing these kind of frozen I know. Faces. It's like the and Joker you, from Batman faces without the white paint. They just it, freeze. It, it, it's true. It's true. And you start thinking, wow, do I look really weird because I'm not like that? But when you see Hilary Swank and all these people in this movie last night, you can't play these characters that are in different parts of the United States with any realism. First of all, they can't see the expressions, but number two, (laughs) (laughs) if they, you know, they can't afford those kind of things. And it was just, I think there's something beautiful, even when you're on the big screen about seeing natural aging. It's, there's something very kind of scary when you, when you can turn on TV and you're seeing a show and you, the actress is upset and you're, you know she is. Her eyes seem like it, but nothing else is moving. Ah, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, so keeping in shape is very important for you with the Tybo. So I have I have one for you. I go every week with my two dogs to Leash Your Fitness. It's a class where you work out with your dog. Cardio, oh. resistance, yoga. You're leaping over the hurdles with the dogs. You're holding a, a squat position while the dog has to be in a down or a sit. And if they don't, and I have a joker dog named Chipper, she sometimes does knows every command. she just look over at me, start grinning, and pop out of the sit. And then I have to do push-ups. So, so if she doesn't hold her sit, you have to do your push-ups? Yeah. And I think all the dogs kind of talk in class and go, who are we going to pick on today? Oh, let's get Arden. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's been doing everything right. Let, let's, let's, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say sit and stay? I didn't remember that. Oh, there goes Arden. My mom needs to get those arms built. You know, I think it's a really good concept that they do that yeah. because sometimes we go work out and our poor dogs are lonely and getting heavy <laughs> sitting at home. Yeah, That's well, my, my friend started, her name's Don Salapino, and she's a fitness trainer. She got a Karen Terrier named Jack, and she got tired of leaving him while she worked with clients and went to the gym. So she started bringing the clients outside with her dog, and the next thing you know, she's created this whole thing in San Diego, where I live, of Leash Your Fitness. That's pretty cool. And does your dog like it, you think? Oh, my gosh. My two dogs, Chipper and Cleo, a 12-pounder and a 60-pounder, they go in the back of my SUV. And when I say agility, because my one dog used to do agility, I say, Chipper, we're going to agility. (laughs) What kind of dog is your 60-pounder? She is a golden retriever husky. If you can say, where's my vacuum, she will come. (sighs) And then I have a little 12-pounder named Cleo, who is a mystery mutt, everything. She surfs. I didn't know she was going to. She came from me when she was about five. She was from the streets. And you go to fourleggedlife, F-O-U-R, leggedlife.com, and you will know more than you ever want to know about Arden Moore and her furry fab four, because that's my pet Well, here you are making fun of my Tyler Mud of the Year, and it sounds like you have your own site there about all your dogs. That sounds great. Well, yeah. They're great. And my two cats, they're kind of celebrities. I have a cat that came from (laughs) Dallas. Her name was Edwina. Apologies to anybody listening named Edwina. I just can't have a cat named Edwina. um, Wow, that is a big name for a cat. Yeah, she's a part Turkish fan. And somebody, when she was running around as a stray, grabbed her and took a big chunk out of her back with a hunting knife. She fought him off. 
became the darling of the Dallas News. They had a big reward. I ended up oh. adopting her because I'm editor of a cat magazine named Catnip, and it isn't about smoking it. It's actually through Tufts University, so it's kind of <laughs> hoity-toity magazine. Anyway, so I brought her home, and I renamed her in honor of her Turkish heritage, Ziki, which means clever and courageous. Oh, that's such a cute name. And then I can go, oh, Ziki, you're so fine. You're so fine. You'll blow my mind, Ziki. <laughs> which, you know, with cat dignity, they're like, I'm leaving the room now. Your cats and dogs get along okay? Oh, yeah. They love each other. I've written two books. I've Well, 19 books, but two behavior books, one on dog and one on cat. I'm a goofball, mm-hmm. but I like to, I actually am serious about what I do. So, um, yeah, I help people understand how to have harmony in their households, why cats are like they are and dogs are like they are and and, you know, you can have a free Brady Bunch and everybody can get along. So that's what I do. Oh, I think that's so important because sometimes it's something so simple and people don't know how to do it or how to right. try to do it. And we'll bring that animal back to a shelter when really there was just a little shift that needed to be made and that could have saved the animal's life. I think it's so, so important. When you bring in a shelter animal or an animal from the streets, you got to be patient. You got to be clear, consistent, and concise because mm-hmm. you know what? Every day, every week that passes, I see changes like at the three month, six month mark where all of a sudden, you, if the dog could, they almost like put their paw against their forehead going, shoo, this is it. This is my permanent home. But <laughs> until then, they're just kind of like walking on eggshells. They're not quite, quite sure. And then they start letting you see who they really are. And and with Cleo, my little dog from the streets, I had no idea she would want to surf. When I got her, she was just shaking and trembling. And now she's like, where's the surfboards? You know, she's just how, hanging How did 20. you find that out? How did you find that out? Well, I slowly made her feel safe. I mean, it, it took about a year just to make her feel safe. And I go out and do a lot of things in Southern California. And I brought her to the beach, the dog beaches. And they were doing a little dog surfing. And she was sitting on the board. And we would play with it on the sand, you know, moving it up and down while she was on it. And she seems to hold it well. And she likes running in the water. And so when we just slowly got her acclimated, she graduated from dog surf school. Now, that isn't freaky. There is a dog surf school. So um, now Cleo... That had a graduation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. I mean, I never had to buy a, a wetsuit until uh, my dog decides to go. She's got a little, uh, you know, the little um, life jacket Doggy with the little it? handle on it. So it's great. If she falls off, you grab it. So, yeah, I have YouTube videos on my site. So, see, you're going to have to sniff around my site. I'm going to definitely do that. I have to see this. That is so cute. Well, I really am excited that you're doing a lot of great things for pets, Charlotte, and everybody. This is Charlotte Ross, the actress, and I just, I was delighted when we were able to get you on the show. And is there anything else you'd like? we got to go to charlotteross.com, but do some shout-outs, if you will, before we say goodbye on how people can help pets the way you do. Oh, gosh. There's a bunch of things you can do. You can go to operationsblanketsoflove.org, which is a really wonderful organization. And there's also PETA. There's Jane Goodall's Institute. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, okay. Humane Society of the United States is really wonderful. I just think that the more you educate yourself, the more you'll want to get involved. And even if you don't have that much time, there's always one or two small things you can do that can make a big difference. And I was real honored to be on your show because whenever someone can help bring a voice to the voiceless, I think is something that is a gift. So thank you for including me on your show and thank you to your listeners for wanting to be involved with helping animals. It's really, really needed. 
Well, it's our honor, Charlotte. And I would, I'm not Oprah, I can't give you a trip to Australia, but I would <laughs> love to send you an autographed copy of my Dog Behavior Answer book. I think you'd like it. Oh, and I love that. I'm glad that we had Charlotte Ross on our show. She is awesome. Give her a big pause up. And I'm also thankful for my producer, Mark Winner. He makes this show happen each and every week. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.